on today's show. Merry Christmas to everybody. The Dallas Mavericks fall to the Utah Jazz, and no moral victories in this house, Isaac. Uh, coming up next, who says no for a K- for a, a Kawhi AD swap? Ooh, we'll get into that and more on today's Locked On Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked On Mavericks podcast. Hey, hey, Dallas Mavericks are NBA champions. Don't believe you shouldn't be here. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network. I am here in Florida, still in on the Christmas vacation, I guess, with my family. And it is 1.50 a.m. Uh, local time where I am right now and everyone is sleeping in my house so if I sound like I'm trying to like seduce you this is it's because I'm it's because everyone is sleeping in the house that I'm in right now but uh, joining me as always my co-host contributor writer at maps.com the Christmas crooner the one more thinking what you got for me Isaac Harris well, I'm wearing this locked on T-shirt I got in the mail Ooh, with, let's 10, go. with 10 million on the back of it it's literally says 10 million um and it's a testament to 10 million uh, downloads for the whole network. Just From last, us? Last week. No, okay, not. <laughs> you know, honestly, though, I know we joked about this. I think we're close to 10 million, though, for over for the past. All, for like all time? Since we've since taken we over the pod, yeah. I think we're close. I'll have, to look, I'll have to look that up sometime. We've also switched platforms a couple times, added YouTube and all that kind of stuff. So we'd have yeah. to, we have to but, add that all up. But can Real quick, non-game, we'll get into the jazz game. We're obviously recording this on Christmas, so, man, there's so many different angles. I want to ask you about gifts in Florida and everything. <laughs> but I joked about at the top, AD, Kawhi, who says no in the swap? Man. I mean. It's to punt the season. If you like, let's, I know. Let's just, just say. Just, the Lakers just punt the season. Go for it. You might as let's well. Let's say Kawhi is out. Anyway. Out for the whole year, guaranteed. The Lakers say, can we throw in Westbrook? <laughs> We don't need anything else back. Just dead salary, whatever. But it's like Lakers punting on the season, but they get the better player in Kawhi and say, hey, we'll run this back next year with Kawhi and LeBron, two top six players in the league. And it's the Clippers saying, hey, well, let's go all in. We'll, you know, Paul George, AD, West. I think after the open. way the Clippers saw Kawhi play last, I don't know if the Clippers do that, even though he's out. I don't think they do either. That's, that's who says no. Both anyway. top 75 players of all time, Isaac. Anthony Davis is tough. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get into this game. So the Dallas Mavericks fall to the Utah Jazz, 120 to 116. Four-point loss. Let me just – I know everyone's running back the, there's no moral victories, no moral victories. In a, come on. Give me, a, give me a break for just a minute. The Mavericks in this game. I love how you're yelling f- but not yelling. I know. That's why I, I warned people. Give I said everyone me is a sleeping. Break, guys, <laughs> everyone Every- is saying right now. <laughs> everyone is sleeping in this house. Um, Wake them up. Mavericks played four rotation players plus Frank Nilakina. He's in and out of the rotation. Plus Moses Brown. Tell plus five hardship players in this game against the Jazz. That plus literally who had- else? Who else, baby? Who else played on Christmas? Freaking Charlie Brown. Let's go. <laughs> Good grief. That literally had the Jazz literally had none of their important players on injury or COVID list, like at all. 
at all. Like full strength Utah Jazz at home. And the Mavs come in there and they oh, fight man. and they actually play really hard against them. Trip they took them to the fourth healthy. quarter and they, <laughs> they had you think he waved at the end of the at the crowd again? You think Trent Forrest did that? And the Mavericks took him to, to the end. Like I know moral victories are not like, oh, we can't settle. We can't settle for this. But like, come on. You have to, as a Mavs fan, you have to be proud about what the Mavericks did in this game tonight. Right? I think that's I think that's my takeaway is be proud of what the Mavs did. Be proud of what Jalen Brunson did. Be proud of what some of these guys what KP did in the third quarter. Like some of these guys fought really hard. What Frank what Frank Ilikina honestly did, what they fought and they defended and the decisions Jason Kidd made and some what some of the um, you know hardship players came in and did like I mean this Mavs team did something that I mean they nobody ex- I expected this game to be a thirty point loss I thought for sure the Jazz were just going to come in yeah. hit a bunch of threes and just blitz them out of the building and that didn't happen Yeah I mean I I just don't think you can say you know this I don't think you can enter the season and be like hey Lucas supporting cast sucks and then when Lucas not playing you're you're mad that they lose like I, that's yeah I, yeah we. No, I'm just saying that that's what I'm saying. I'm agreeing with you in the sense of like going into non Luca games. I'm expect, especially against one of the best teams in the league. I'm expecting not to be like, I even tweeted at after the game. I'm like, Hey, with all the hardship guys and with Luca not playing, all of these games have been way more entertaining than I ever imagined. And it's, it's more of a, you can have a bigger conversation of, Oh, I can be frustrated that they don't have a roster in, in place around Luca that can like, that you can be confident going into games, like maybe being in the game, winning and stuff. But they've been in all of these games, and they fought so dang hard that it's like, yeah, man, I wish I, you know, wish they would have won. But I'm not like losing sleep over it tonight. I, I'm, I'm just not. I'm like, I'm not. We joked about it a few games ago of, can we just collectively agree not to get mad on these like non Luca games? <laughs> and, and I mean, that's. Just I don't think everyone joke. agreed with you. I don't think everyone agreed with you on that one. I mean, it's the internet. Like, it's just part of it. Like, I mean, we're, people are going to get mad. Welcome to the internet. Take a Welcome. look around. You want to get mad? You want to get mad? Everything. Let's get mad all of the time. So, all right. So, the Dallas Mavericks, they, they fall in this game, but they they lost by four in this game to the Utah Jazz. We're at full strength. And the Mavs shot 10 of 30 from three. And they shot worse than that to begin the game. They hit a couple. They hit a couple late. Uh, but it's not like they came in there and bombed a bunch of threes and shot an incredible percentage. They fought and they worked and they played well defensively. And they the reason why they, they took this game was because of some of the, the individual playmaking they had from Brunson, a little bit from Kristaps Porzingis. Frank Nilakina was out there just working <laughs> working his butt off. Uh, Brandon Knight had a good bounce-back game from the the stinker that he put up in the, in the last game. Uh, but let's focus on Jalen Brunson at first because there was a little back and forth um, on the on ESPN on the broadcast, if if ESPN was ever in sync and the, with their yeah. audio, and they, they I muted finally, that thing halfway through the first quarter, they finally figured it out. The, literally, if you're watching on ESPN, the the you would hear the shot go in like the rim mic, and then you would see the shot go in, and so it was just like every single shot was ruined for you because if you were watching that ESPN, well, just broadcast. the crowd reaction of a yeah, made right, shot, yeah. you know, made shot by the Jazz, the crowd would go nuts while the ball's like leaving the guy's hand. Um, but in this game, we, they did a mic'd up segment where you heard Jalen Brunson mic'd up and you heard him talking and you heard him getting back on defense and things like that. But there was a segment where you heard Jalen Brunson and Jason Kidd talk back and forth with each other. And Jalen Brunson and Kidd were talking about a play or talking about a read that Brunson was supposed to make. And Brunson said, so what do you, you know, what should I do? And Kidd just kind of looked at him and was like, you know what you're supposed to, you know what you're supposed to do? And Brunson was like, yeah, yeah, I just, I just wanted your opinion on it. 
And I thought that was really cool. I thought it was cool to hear that little back and forth. Now, I don't know if we're ever going to know. They asked him about it afterwards. Cato and Callie Kaplan both asked Kidd and Brunson about that. And I'm not sure we're going to get a full explanation of everything that went into that in the full context, but it was cool to hear Kidd empowering a player like that, right? We've been hearing about, well, Jason Kidd's supposed to empower these players. He's supposed to know how to coach, you know, Jalen Brunson. Uh, Richard Jefferson, who played with Jason Kidd for a long time in New Jersey, said there is not a better person to coach Jalen Brunson than Jason Kidd. And I've wondered, like, why? Why is that the case? Well, he empowers players. And that little clip I thought was a little insight into how he gets that done and how – uh, it helps Jalen Brunson, and that he wanted to ask Kid that. Like, yeah, I mean, do we want to go out on a limb and just take a guess on how many players went out of their way to ask Rick Rick a question? I mean, no, we don't know. I wasn't, we, gonna, I wasn't gonna make this a comparison thing. No, but I'm just saying, like we've we've talked about the different. I mean, this is one of the few things I've written on at the beginning of this year. The the change from you know, Rick Carlisle to Jason Kidd and this whole players coach dynamic thing. I talked to an assistant coach the other day about how important about players and being a players coach in today's game, just compared to like 10, 10 years ago and how more and more important it is now. And the fact that Jalen in the game is like, Hey, I wanted his opinion. Like, I want your opinion on that. That just shows you how much these players respect him, how much they're listening to him. And they're like wanting to be led by him. So I, I thought that was a telling moment. And empowering these players, right? He's put Jalen Brunson out there. He's like, you make the read. You know what to do. You know how to get to where you want to get to. You know what you're supposed to be doing. And he empowered him a lot. He empowered him to 25 shots in this game. And he's playing like 40 minutes a night in some of these games. And the Mavs don't have anybody to, to suit up. Um, and so he is empowering Brunson. And he's going through some of it. And he's taking bad shots. And he's made bad decisions. But he's also made some incredible plays and some incredible decisions. And uh, let's get into how the Mavericks actually pulled out this game. How they actually... Um, fought in this game, what we thought was good, pulled out the game in, in the sense that they <laughs> didn't get destroyed. Isaac gave me a weird look when I said that. Um, how the Mavericks fought in this game and how they got close to it and how they ended up um, coming real close. And the one stretch in this game where I thought the Mavericks lost, the one stretch, we'll talk about that, a just interesting decision from Jason Kidd. We'll talk about that coming up. All right, Isaac, let's get into the rest of this game. The Dallas Mavericks on Christmas Day. 120 to 116 against the Utah Jazz. We've been talking about Brunson and Kidd and their relationship. Found some really cool stuff during um, during the game, during the the mic'd up segment. But Jalen Brunson in this game, 27 points, and just had some incredible shots that he hit over Rudy Gobert, not being scared, just going into it, hitting a couple of big threes, six assists for him in this game, making some plays. He was plus four in this game, uh, in a game that the Mavericks lost, which is is, is pretty telling. The reason why the Mavericks lost this game, honestly, and there's a bunch of different stretches. There's one specific one I'll get into a little, little bit, but the Mavs bench was brutal, like just absolutely mm-hmm. brutally terrible. Uh, just literally, literally look at the box score. This box score literally tells you the story of this game. Brandon Knight, he's he played 20 minutes. He was a minus 12 off the bench. George King played nine minutes. He was a minus 17. Charlie Brown Jr. minus seven. Moses Brown minus eight. Theo Pinson minus nine. Like all these guys, Mar- Marquise Chris minus six. The entire starting lineup was a positive and the plus minus, right? Like the Mavericks were winning those minutes when the actual Mavericks were playing. And then when the hardship Mavericks came in, the Mavericks are at this threshold basically where they just have too many of these, these guys where there's just no collective tissue when three or four more of those guys are on the court at the same time. Have you ever had like a tweet written out and you like, you were ready for it, but you could never use it because of you was, you needed something to happen to use it. Yeah. They're called texts that I send to you every single day. Okay, well, 
I mean, I'm not talking about texts that I, I'm not bold enough to tweet. I had one ready for George King to hit no. a three that was just going to say, we three King. And I was just, I was so proud of it. I was so ready for it. And I never got to use it because he missed both of his, uh, of his threes in this game. Um, also had just a testament to this roster. I also had a buddy in this is, you know, one of the biggest nationally televised, you know, days of the year for the NBA buddy back home, never watches maps, text me and said, Hey man, watching your maps tonight. <laughs> oh man. You're not oh, watching buddy. my maps. Oh buddy. Let me, let me uh, fill you in real these? quick. I was like, Hey man, we just got, we got 10 players out. And he was like, what? How do you even fill in the team right now? So, but that's why you look at this roster, you look at this bench and you look at a bench across you know, the court there and you look at a guy like Jordan Clarkson and how much did Jordan Clarkson stick out in a game like tonight? Like, like, dang it, man. Like what this Mavericks team, and we were just talking about before it record, like if like Jalen Brunson has to be the secondary creator because of how the team's constructed, but it's like, if the Mavs could have a guy like that, that how many times did he get the ball? And it's just like, I saw it out. Let me go get a bucket. I could get to the rim. I could create something. Those type of flamethrower type scores are so valuable on some of these teams, especially on a team that lacks some creation outside of the main guy. And this bench he unit, only, man. The the Mavs bench unit was just awful, and that's where you lose games, right? If you don't have you, your eleven players are on the injury report, right? That's and, an entire and they just, that's and an they just got rotation. signed. Like that's the thing. It's like they just got signed over the past week, and like I love Theo Pinson. I I want him to stay on this team. Like I, I think yeah. I still I think he did uh, a decent amount of things well tonight. But you know, Brandon Knight was playing late in this game. <laughs> And I think there was a, you know, they were running, you know, Brunson kind of off ball a little bit in the second half, some there in that fourth quarter, Brunson. They were trying to do the Brunson Luca thing where they run two ball handlers at the same time. And they're like, all right, let's do another ball handler. Where's Trey Burke? Oh, he's out. Where's Tim Hardaway? He's out. Where's uh, Carly Jones? He's not (laughs) like, but like Carly Jones is available. I'm assuming there are probably some people out there being like, why is it Carly playing over Brandon Knight? And I would assume Jason Kidd is going with a vet presence out there. It's like, hey, somebody yes. knows him, Brandon Knight's like, hey, that he I probably le- played with. <laughs> <laughs> I, I at least know that he's going to make the right pass. He's going to, you know, make the right decision stuff. He at least hit a couple threes tonight. Brandon Knight did. But, but I thought Brandon Knight looked a lot better in this game than he did in the first couple. You wrote him off the other day. Um, I wrote I completely wrote him off. I admitted that I was I was doing it way too early. I was like, hey, 10 minutes in, <laughs> I'm out. But you, you mentioned Jordan Clarkson, and like, yeah, when he's out there and there are four players that the Mavs signed two days ago, of course he's going to he's gonna blow them up, right? And he only had 12 points, but he was plus 22. Joe Ingles was um, uh, plus 24. Like, those guys coming off the bench just had a, a, a huge impact on the game. And the starting lineup guys, save for Gobert and Conley, were all negative 18 and negative 21, right? that's the, the area where the Mavericks lost this game when they just had no collective tissue. They're making incredibly insane mistakes because somebody messaged, somebody tweeted at me during the game and said, why are the Mavericks making such bad passes? Like the Mavericks, because the Mavericks don't turn it over ever, right? The Mavericks are one of the lowest turnover rates in the NBA. Why are the Mavericks turning it over so much? None of these guys have ever played together, right? Like none, none of these guys have ever played. You know, George uh, George King, Charlie Brown, Brandon Knight, Theo Pinson, uh, Marquise Chris have been on this team for like less than a week, right? That's what we're talking about right now. Um, they still struggle in transition. You know, that's been for a, sure. a thing, you know, we've talked about before. 
especially Although Sterling Sterling. Brown had an incredible pass in the first quarter that kind of shut me up from my rant yesterday. But uh, but then the rest of the game, I thought the Mavs d- did not. You ran it well. about his passing. You ran it about his shooting. I'm I'm yeah. ready. To, I'll I'll rant about more things for Sterling Brown if he's going to hit three of three from three. I, I will say I love Sterling Brown. He he did have one possession tonight there in the second half. That was his one turnover. He only yeah. had one turnover, and that was his one where he just literally dribbled the clock out and attempted a pick and roll like eight different times in the same possession. It was the worst, maybe the worst possession of all the Mavs all season. <laughs> didn't get a shot. Didn't get to the rim. All right, reset. All right, let's reset again. Let's reset it again. Let me go. And then it was it was gone. So um, Here's the stretch that I'm talking about where I think the Mavericks lost this game. So the Mavericks were, were back and forth, back and forth. You, The Mavericks would, would kind of take a lead, and then it, it basically went back and forth. The Mavericks had a huge lead in the first quarter. They got up to a 16-point lead. And then the Jazz took it in the second quarter. The Mavs took it back in the third quarter. And then they lost it in the fourth quarter. Then all of a sudden – the Mavericks went on this run. They went on this crazy run where they took the, they almost took the lead back. And it's in the fourth quarter. Mavericks are, are kind of going back and forth. The Jazz build up a little bit of a lead. And then all of a sudden, five minutes and 48 seconds left, Porzingis gets taken out. The Mavericks are down by nine at this point. And Porzingis gets taken out. Brunson hits a three. You come back. Brunson hits another three. Brunson drives and it hits a floater over Gobert because the Mavericks are real spaced out at this point. Love that. Um, they didn't have any. They didn't have any bigs in there. They didn't have Powell. They didn't have Marquise Chris. They went real small at that point. And Porzingis was out. And the Mavericks went on an eleven to three run. And then all of a sudden Porzingis comes back in. The Mavericks are only down by three at that point. And then just a couple of brutal possessions over and over again, forcing stuff to Porzingis. Porzingis forcing some mid-rangers. Porzingis forcing stuff that, that doesn't need to happen. And the Mavericks end up losing this game. And, and they, they lose at that point. But I thought there was a chance right there. And I was, I was, really, I was really interested to see if, Kate, if, if Kidd would have just left Porzingis out because the Mavericks were playing really well at that, that point. Like, how, how long do you ride this? Is it sustainable enough for us to play without Porzingis for, for us to maybe pull this game out or at least, you know, try it? Well, I thought KP was, you know, obviously he was, you know, game time decision or questionable going up into this game. Um, yes, with a toe injury. Yeah, with his toe stuff. I, you know, I think he talked about it a little bit after the game that, you know, it's probably yeah. going to be there just for a little bit. But um, so I thought in that fourth that maybe it was bothering him some because, he, you know, he was out for that stretch of the fourth. And then they bring yeah. him in. And this has happened before. They bring him in with, you know, two and a half, three minutes to go, three and a half minutes to go in the fourth. I mean, obviously the coaching staff has worked with him on, like, what's comfortable with him, what's the best for him. It just, from an outsider's perspective of that, it seems like a weird time to bring somebody in and just say, hey, play the last three minutes of a game and yeah. be in rhythm, be, like, all that. So, it's like you have to play the final five minutes, or you you can't, right? Like if they just if they were trying to take him out for rest, and they rested him from from minutes basically minute six to minute three, like that's a really critical portion of the game to rest somebody, yeah. especially when the Mavericks are going on a run right there. And even before they took Porzingis out, I wrote down the wheels are starting to come off. So many careless mistakes and bad shots and stuff. Like it felt like the Jazz were finally taking over, and it felt like that in this game three or four times where it's like, okay, finally the Jazz are going to take over. They're going to take advantage of these mistakes, and they're going to just going to blitz the Mavs and get go out to a twenty point lead. They never did that in this game at all. They never got their biggest lead was a, uh, ten in this game. But they mm. never really finished that run or did anything like that. Um, Brunson. Brunson righted the ship in that moment. Then they took Porzingis out, and then he almost got them the lead back. And uh, it was a two-point game at one point. And, man, it, it was like, oh, man, are they actually going to do this? Are they going to pull this off? And it ended yeah. up not being the case there. Uh, but Porzingis did mention his, his toe injury after the game. 
And uh, yeah, I, I think that was really bothering him. It's also his first game back in a little bit, so his, his, you know he's a very he's very concerned about his rhythm as a shooter and as a player, and so his rhythm wasn't necessarily there. But I, I was curious to see it, what what would have happened if Porzingis didn't come back in now in this one. And and he's still not shooting, you know, well from three. And you know he no. finished the game 27, uh, 27 points, nine boards, eight of eighteen from the field. Um, I like some of his shots, you know, around the basket and. He had some tough shots, some fadeaways in the post and stuff. You know, him and Royce O'Neal looked like they exchanged a little back and forth there in the fourth. And <laughs> do, do we have to get to it now? What, the Jazz? They won Tony the title. Bro- to- Tony Brothers and the refs in this game were just all over the place at times. I think I think there's a at lot times. of com- I think there I think there's a lot of fouls that they called the Jazz fans were furious about that I was like, oh, I think those are maybe fouls. But there's just a lot of weird stuff called back and forth in this game. It upset the rhythm. I mean, both teams sh- – how many free throws these teams shoot? Um, the, I mean, the, the Mavs, Mavs had 31 th- personal yeah, fouls. so They were 30 of 35 from the from the free throw line. The Mavs had 31 fouls. The Jazz had 24 fouls, and they were 28 of 37 from the free throw line. So what is that, uh, 70 – A million. <laughs> 72 free throws taken in this game. The game took forever. It felt like it was the longest game the Mavs have played all year. Yes. Um, but how can that be an excuse for the, for the Jazz at all? You know, the Mavericks hitting those free throws kept them in the game, but they only made two more than the Jazz, than the Jazz did in this one. Uh, it was weird, and it did seem to affect the rhythm of the game. It affected the Jazz mentally, I thought, a lot. They were just complaining and screaming all the time about fouls, and uh, it was refreshing for the Mavericks to not be that team. <laughs> Yeah, and shout out to Mitchell, you know, launching the ball up at half court after the game. And, you know, I, I I love Donovan Mitchell, so I, I yeah, joke we, about this, but um, I mean, they won that title, so congrats. <laughs> uh, Christmas Day title. You should do it like I, the NFL where they on Thanksgiving where they give them like a ham or something. There are two things I want to point out too. I thought the field goal attempts when you just straight up look at the box score after the game, I'm like, okay, it felt like you know Jalen shot the ball a ton this game. But going into the game like this without Luca and without a bunch of these guys, without Tim, you know what I would want? Kind of exactly what it looks like. Right. <laughs> give me, give me, you know, 20, 25 shots of Jalen Brunson. Give me around 20, 25 shots for KP. KP finished with 18, but it's like it was very, you know, top two heavy with that. Frank had 12 after that, but I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of here for that. Like, that, that's, I would much rather Jalen Brunson shoot the ball 25 times than, you know, I don't know, Brandon Knight shooting at 12 at like, all, <laughs> yeah. but, but like, that's the, I kind of like that and shout out to Frank, man. I, there was Frank so many times out. this game that I was like really impressed with him and I, you know, Mitchell, it felt like he was kind of dealing with his own injury stuff and yeah, he was, you know, I mean, he obviously had 33 in this game, but I just, I liked what Frank gave. I mean, for Frank to be a, a plus seven in this game and play 34 minutes, and you and you lost like that. That's kind of impressive for for him. And I just like a lot of things. Seventeen he, points. He hit two threes. Yeah. He had all five of his free throws, four boards, an assist, two steals, and to be in and, and uh, how many fouls? He had three fouls. He was guarding Donovan Mitchell a lot in this game, and he held Mitchell to Mitchell had like thirty three, but uh, a lot of those he had a lot on. He had a lot of those on switches and things like that. It wasn't yeah, all. On, he did. I don't think yeah. it was all on Frank, but. Uh, but yeah, in- incredible job from him. He continues to earn playing time, hopefully for Jason Kidd. And I think he, he hope I hope he's earned a spot because he's proven it. Um, yeah, I thought Marquise Marquise Chris could be taking over the title from Dwight Powell of 
I get screwed, or actually from Maxie, from I get screwed by like ticky tack fouls called on me because <laughs> I thought he had a couple tonight. I mean, he had four in this. I mean, no, he had five fouls on him in this game, and I thought a couple of them were just dumb, like dumb, like they shouldn't have been called. He was like the, he. It was the makeup call. Like the, the refs were like, ah, oh, we screwed the Jazz. Now we have to do a makeup call, and it was <laughs> they were all on Marquise Chris. But yeah. I guess it was a superstar go bear call some of the time. Uh, but I, I want I do want to give Porzingis credit though because we, we, I kind of felt like I trashed him in the at the uh, talking about the fourth quarter when he came back in and the Mavs lost the game. But Porzingis' third quarter I thought was great. It's what you want to see from Porzingis, where he takes over a little bit, hits a couple of jumpers, hits a couple of um, you know mid range shots. He had a couple. He had two plays in a row around the four minute mark, five minute mark, where he had two post ups in a row and he finished. He had one I think it was on Royce O'Neal and another one where he was up around fifteen to eighteen feet from the basket. And it's something that I've wanted NBA players to do for a long time. I'm like, okay, if you're posting up somebody really far away from the basket and you're leaning and they go one direction, why don't you spin the other way, right? <laughs> like it's like spin the opposite way and seal them and then drive to the rim. And he finally did that. He got to the rim and he finished there. Uh, and it was he had 12 points in that quarter, a couple of assists as well. Jason Kidd calling him a playmaker <laughs> during a, a mid-game interview during this game, but the Mavericks in that quarter, seven assists on 10 made field goals. And, uh, and I thought that they were playing really well in that third quarter. And KP was a big reason why. Yeah, that was a stretch for him. And then, you know, the fourth quarter happened and we we're like, all right, well, I it guess was very different. Was it the toe injury? Yeah. Was it conditioning? He's, he's missed a bunch of games too here. So yeah. Who else stood out to you in this game? A couple of the, the hardship guys. We talked about Marquise Chris a little bit. We talked about how Brandon Knight kind of had a bounce back game. We mentioned Theo Pinson. Had a decent night. He hit another three. Had um, had nine points, five boards. It's just nice uh, having another guy like Theo out there that he's just comfortable with the ball. Yeah, and it's just like, hey, he just he can go off a you know he hit a couple mid range shots tonight. It's like, all right, cool. Like, I mean, it's I just want to see when this roster is fully back. I just hope he has a spot on the team. Charlie Brown had a had a nice little touch pass tonight. That, that was touch pass, man. Was, that was impressive. I kind of liked his energy too. So. Like, I would hey. hope so. I hope I hope all the hardship guys in the entire NBA people are saying, "Man, they had good energy because this is your moment. Like this is your time. This is your dance." And, you Live know, this isn't a, leave nothing this to is, chance. This isn't a player, but stand in the sea, drink of the deep. I think this coaching staff deserves some credit, man. Like, I think so too. I I think you know Christy Tolliver obviously posted today that you know she uh, is out with COVID and. You know that that's three assistants right there. It's been out, and, yep. and uh, but on top of that, and they don't I get mean, hardship coaches either. <laughs> no, JJ Brand's like I'm ready. Um, <laughs> no, but like, not. Not now. <laughs> three assistants out, and they're bringing in all these new guys, and they're still staying competitive in all of these games. And I know they're bringing a full circle to the whole like moral victories and all that type of stuff. But it's like, I just, I mean, if you would have told me losing Luca. And then, hey, you're going to have all these players out, Tim, Maxi, Reggie, all these guys that are going to be out for you know, health and safety protocols. And he, if you would have told me, hey, you, out of these next handful of games, they're going to lose by an average of like 14 to 18 points a game. I'd be like, man, this is going to be a tough one, tough one to pod through. But, I, you know, I get it. I understand. That makes sense. In every one of these games, man, like they're in there in the fourth quarter. They're fighting. They're like you could see defense-wise. like Yeah. I mean, they're, I mean, like, yeah. And it's offense wise too. Like I just, I've been impressed. I've been walking out of these games more impressive. It's like, 
thing. Like they're walking these games like coached. Like they they're they're ready. I mean, these guys are stepping in, putting a Mavs uniform on for the first time a few days ago, and like they're making crap happen. And especially losing assistants along the way too. I just think Kid and the staff deserve some credit with that. You're losing your structure, right? You're losing your structure because your three assistant coaches down. And then you're also adding a bunch of new pieces that have to play minutes, right? Brandon Knight, 20 minutes in this game. Marquise Chris, 10 minutes. Theo Pinson, 21 minutes. Moses Brown, or you know, Moses Brown, 10 minutes in this game. Guys that haven't played a lot or that are just literally brand new. You're losing the structure with the assistant coaches. And then these guys still come in and uh, and are added to this team. And the Mavericks have not lost a game that Luka has not played in this year by ten by over 10 points. Like to be competitive in a lot of these these games, yeah. there's something to be said about that. Uh, all right, any other thoughts? Christmas Day. Anybody else stood out to you? Sterling Brown hit three threes. Let's go. Yeah, Sterling Brown. Um, as far as other games, I didn't get to watch a ton of the other games. Handful here and there. I thought the oh, Knicks all over all of them were were trash. Um, I think the, the Knicks, Knicks court was like Halloween. Too. Yeah, I think they mixed up their ho- their holidays, but um, I. I think in a little bit, uh, in the next few weeks, my Nick Claxton jersey will come in, and uh, Ooh, that, that'll rock, be up man. on the bookshelf. Um, his and that, one, his and one that he had was that uh, that dunk was who was that dunk over? I, didn't, oh, I, I think it was the Space Jam New Legacy starring I member himself. I didn't know that, and uh, I know uh, Russ had another good game for the Lakers. So Russ um, missed four layups in that game that I counted. I insane. love it. Hook it up. He's to like, my might veins. as well take a. He might as well take a mid-range shot at this point. I love everything that's happened with the Lakers. Um, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. We'll be we'll be back. We'll be back tomorrow. Whoa. Night. We got, we got oh, another okay. show tomorrow night. Oh, we'll, okay. we'll, we'll we'll break it all down. What the Mavericks have done without Luca, where they're going, and all that. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs and sticking with us through Christmas.